0: Hello, welcome to episode 35 of the Leading Off Podcast. As always, I'm Matt Braun. I'm joined here by Cooper Carlson. We're still in quarantine. Nothing has happened. There's no baseball, there's no sports,
2: and everything kind of sucks still. Yeah, I kind of miss when you'd open with, and who am I talking to over here? So I'd have to quickly come up (laughs) with something witty and just a really quick answer. Now you just say my name, so everyone knows who I am here. Yeah, Cooper Carlson.
0: I mean, do you want me to bring that back? Because it was kind of like yeah. the cringiest thing in the world.
2: So it, yes, it was awkwardness for like our first 20 episodes where we just didn't have any sort of... Even now, it's just saying our names, which is fine, of course. But it was just, it's just you know, I am Matt, and uh, who am I talking to over here?
0: <laughs> well, I think we mentioned it, and we never actually got to it where we'd like play off that, or like, who am I talking to, but it wouldn't be you for some reason. Yeah. but so That like never became a thing we should have done that we really should
2: have start next week i'll see if i can figure it out
0: <laughs> i'll just be like who am i talking to and then it's just like i don't know your mom or something it's like whoa, whoa whoa wait a minute <laughs> whoa
2: <laughs> well i'm very confused how'd this happen and we just we ride that joke for like 30 minutes while we pretend yeah. it's funny sounds about and right actually that's the entire podcast right there <laughs> like we don't talk about anything else trying to tell if i'm lying or not i think that's a good idea yeah that's a, that
0: sounds like a good plan so Anyways, we, uh, we're going to be joined today by t- other Twins Daily writer, tw- uh, Ted Schwarzler. I almost said twed, so that would have been, <laughs> been really hilariously bad. Uh, we're joined by Ted. Uh, he'll join us in a little bit. We're going to be talking about some actual Twin stuff. More speculation. Well, it's entirely speculation because nothing can happen at this point. But uh, that should be interesting. Uh, we haven't talked to him before, so I'm interested in how this goes. Uh, have you been doing anything new? About this quarantine, or are you still just playing video games and whatnot?
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's pretty. I wear a. This is a good story. I'm lame, so I wear a Fitbit around. I used to average around ten to 12 twelve thousand steps a day. Just, you know, that was my goal. My goal is ten thousand. Quarantine now, it's like I hit thirty-five hundred in a day. Call it good. I'm going to bed. It's like that's nice. Walking around my house, I, it's pretty good. So, less. I'm doing less than I've ever done before. It's, it's exciting. Right.
0: More like 35 steps for me, but you know.
2: <laughs> well, actually, that's not true. I actually, I'm like
0: one of the few people who actually got a job recently. Oh, really? I don't know how that happened. So now I got I'm just cleaning stuff literally all day, eight hours. It's fun stuff.
2: Really? Wow.
0: Yeah. Just wiping stuff down with bleach. It's so much fun.
2: I got temporarily let go from my desk job. So I'm making a small amount of money from unemployment now. So I'm getting paid to do nothing, which is, hey, I'll take it. <laughs>
0: Look at that. Look at you being a government leech already. I'm proud, of you. <laughs> I'm proud
2: of you. I mean, half the population is or something like that. So it's whatever, you know, yeah. you guys will hey, join in.
0: Hey, you can, you know, we can all tell the story. Just, you know, 40 years down the road, just be like, hey, dad, what'd you do during the pandemic? I sat on my Collected ass and
2: did money, nothing. Right?
0: <laughs> Collected
2: yeah. money and played video games. <laughs> now, I have, I have a question
0: because I just finished it and I need to know. Have you watched Tiger King yet?
2: I have not even really considered it. Should I? Oh my god, you
0: absolutely need to.
2: <sighs> All right.
0: I, okay.
2: I, I want I to. I have to preface time, this. but I can't.
0: Yeah, because you're a liar. See? <laughs> the thing is, I'm not even like the kind of guy to watch a TV show or watch something like that and be like, dude, you have to watch it. Because we've been over this. I don't watch anything. Right. You told me to watch The Office like six months yeah, ago. Geez. I haven't even watched an episode. I I have no inkling to. All Let right, me tell if you, you want I me to watch,
2: this, Then you have to start The Office at least. <sighs> Shit. Um, I wasn't ready for this. Sorry, okay. it's the rules.
0: All right, you know what? I'll, I'll accept that deal.
2: Fine, I'll,
0: I'll accept it. Handshake over it, except you can't because yes. you know, not allowed to. But you absolutely—it is the craziest thing I have ever seen in my life. Like every ten minutes, you're just like, how can this get crazier? And then it just does somehow, and it's just—I—I've never seen anything like it.
2: All right, but, I, I will give it a. Is it like a? I honestly have no idea. Is it like a documentary or? Or what? Like,
0: yeah, it's kind like of format? Okay. Uh, it was seven episodes. They're all like 40 or Jeez. 50
2: minutes. All right, I'll, I'll give it a try. Right. Just whatever.
0: Dude, I don't know. You can't just give it a try. You watch one episode, and then you're like, okay, I absolutely need to know how this ends.
2: I'm sure I'll love it. It's just, I don't. I just don't feel like starting it, even though I know I'll probably like it. It's a weird situation. I don't know.
0: Yeah, because you're going to spend that time doing other good things like uh, playing Minecraft. <laughs>
2: that's what i'm doing after this podcast believe it or not <laughs> I,
0: I am not surprised in the slightest i'm not surprised
2: uh it's good but yeah how about you you doing the same things just nothing except watching tiger king and playing the show
0: yeah tiger king the show working i got oh, a yeah. class that's on, my online class starts next week
2: yeah oh, i started this week it's it's you know i had a whole semester online it's the most boring thing in the world
0: it's just
2: i'm not ready for, it's just so weird just, it's just at least I don't have to wake up early. I guess is the only it's like the upside there. Are
0: you kidding me? I have an eight thirty online class. It's the most bullsh*t. Oh,
2: um, yeah. I'm just going to some like community college for my first year and going to an actual big college next year. So they don't have like um Zoom meetings or anything. It's just they just give you an assignment on a website. You can go do that by Sunday night.
0: God, I'm so <laughs> jealous. I
2: it, it, you shouldn't be. It's a, it's so it's just a joke what I'm doing. Can't wait to actually go to school next year. It's gonna be great. I
0: <laughs> can't, can't wait to actually go to school. He says well, in school.
2: <laughs> it's, it's yeah. I don't know. It's an odd situation. Just to get my AA and move on. Uh, we need
0: other more adult things happening. I'm,
2: I'm proud of you. Right. Look at us go. Look, look, who would have thought? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Unemployed at eighteen and going to college. Here we are. <laughs> Unemployed at eighteen. Hey, I mean that,
0: that was like my life motto. But
2: we're, we're I suppose yeah. At least at least I technically have a job sort of well
0: yeah technically so the next thing I want to do because you texted me this and you wanted to run through this and I have absolutely mm-hmm. no clue what's going on you didn't even tell me anything <laughs> I tried so I wanna...
2: you didn't understand
0: well I kind of understood I was like what, what do you mean by this so okay. I, I think I understand now so let me say what's gonna happen so Cooper has uh, a list of possible scenarios that could play out this season because the thing is with you know the virus thing that's going on it's Pretty much everything is just played by ear, played by day. We don't know. And you know, personally, I think it's really strange that all of these you know, sports commissioners are coming together and making plans for the future where it's just like, how could you do that when none of us know like yeah. anything? It's it's the weirdest. I'm like, what, what's even the point? Just like wait. like. But whatever. So you have a list of ideas or scenarios or whatever, and you're going to run them through me, and then we'll see how this goes.
2: Yeah, basically, I have three scenarios, one normal and like likely scenario, one interesting one that I probably my favorite, and then one just crazy one, like of how the season could play out, you know, one, one in each tier, basically. So, Mm -hmm. you know, start one the regular one kind of expected, you, I don't know if it's expected, but start with the all-star game this year, play that, you know, home run derby all-star game, I don't know, fan vote just to get them back in, then you play the second half of your schedule in 81 games. He played, you know, around 81 games total, wherever that cutoff is. And, yeah, that's my first scenario. I think that's probably one of the most likely ones. So, I don't know. What do you think of that?
0: I That whole, like, playing the All-Star game without them actually playing any games beforehand, that just kind of weirds me out, though. Like, it's just a, a strange concept to me.
2: Yeah, me too. But, I guess... It's a good way to just get people back engaged, fan voting, like, a couple of weeks before the season starts. Just get people back, get those events going just to introduce baseball again. I don't know. It's, nothing's going to be normal this year. Try new things, see how it works, I guess.
0: Uh, that's certainly true. I get, Yeah, that's a good point. All right, what's the next one?
2: Yes. Yeah, so I this one I actually would really enjoy. So I don't know why. It just seems fun. Um, only play the games against your division opponents. So it would be, like, 19 against each team. From and then against all four teams, you play the 19 games Tigers, Royals, Indians, White Sox, and then only the division winners from each division make the playoffs. So, three teams from each league, and then they battle that out somehow.
0: All right, so you're making me do math now. This is going to be terrifying. So, 19 (laughs) times four times two, Uh, 76. 76, thank God. Bless you. Yeah, I did that earlier. (laughs) 76, that's that's an interesting idea
1: because no matter.
0: Well, yeah. No matter what, they're obviously not going to be able to get 162 games then, unless Definitely. they're going into like May of next year. <laughs> you know, so right. you're gonna have to expedite things, and the best way to do that is to make it only the important games. So I could, I could. See, how would it work with only three? So like the one seed would get like a buy or something.
2: Or? Yeah, that's. It'd be probably like some round rob. I don't know how it work we don't need to worry about the playoffs it'd be just some you know sort, sort of round robin thing and they all play each other until so. but i have no idea <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like that's
0: a logistical nightmare there would be too much flying around right
2: like... yeah well also i feel like in the playoffs they'd all play you know in one spot or something like that because hmm. that's gonna oh. be how it has to go eventually i don't it won't probably won't be baseball this year anyway but here's here's my <laughs> ideas <laughs> but, yeah, well, let, let's, like, not even consider it. Let's actually right. have yeah. some sort of optimism. Of course, of Please.
0: course. Now, what might be an interesting idea is go back to kind of what they did before the second wild card and have, what, one wild card, and then they just all face each other. And it's okay, like, yeah, yeah that, would, that would take away the point of winning the division because then winning the wild card is basically as good. But at the same time, that's the only way I could think of making that, like, as competitively even As possible, or else one team has a bye and then all their guys (laughs) are like cold for a week because they're watching like both series go to game five or whatever, and then they're just sitting around not doing anything, which would be terrible. So I I don't know. Yeah.
2: And also, the team with the bye would either be the Indians or the Twins just because the Royals and the Tigers 19 times a year. Like they might not be the best team in baseball, but whoever wins the AL Central is getting that bye. So I, I think I agree. They'll include a wild card team just to make it more fair essentially if this happens if they yeah
0: if <laughs> all
2: right so now give me the absolutely
0: wild one I'm ready for it
2: <laughs> all right so there's 15 teams in each league you do mm-hmm. a huge 30 team tournament i don't even know why i said that first part the 15 teams in each league does not matter it's seeded one through 30 and then you just play it out uh, best of three series in each round until you get to, say, the final four, and then it's like a best of seven or something. But it's just a huge 30-team tournament, so heck, the Marlins could win the World Series. They're in the playoffs in my simulation I did, so why not? Jeez, okay, that's... All right,
0: how would you seed? Would it
2: be by record based uh, on last year? Last year's record, so whoever, you know, Dodd Who was it? Yankee? Dodgers? I don't remember. I it was the Dodgers. Yeah, play like the <laughs> Tigers in a best of three, and... Hopefully the Tigers come out on top just to make it a, hilarious. shut
0: down by Matt Boyd and Spencer <laughs> right. Turnbull. Now the Tigers, I mean.
2: I think it'd be great fun to watch over a month and a half. But That, that would certainly it, be the most be chaotic. Interesting. Right, obviously, for sure. By far. So therefore,
0: <laughs> it would be the most interesting.
2: For sure. Your team, the Twins, could get eliminated by the Royals. I don't know who they'd play, but hypothetically, the Royals in round one, you're angry for a whole year about it because it's just stupid. It'd be great fun. <laughs>
0: Like, I sat for five months and I watched Josh Donaldson play. TV that
2: <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. That'd be by Brad Keller and Danny <laughs> Duffy. I'm so <laughs> mad. Oh man, yeah, I think it'd be great. Absolutely. So, if you were to pick one to do, would it be normal, interesting, or crazy out of my three tiers there?
0: Okay. That's that's a tough one. I like I like ideas in all three. Right. I, I think I'm going to have to go with the interesting one, the second one, yeah, which too. is you play play your division rivals.
2: Like also, that. what is it? The NL East with the Phillies, Mets, uh, who, Bright. Who's in the division? Oh, the the Nationals, that I think, Nationals, I think. the Nationals yeah. did something, didn't they?
0: Did they just win the uh, World Series or something? I don't know.
2: Maybe. Who, I don't. They, they did, got rid of Bryce Harper. They're not even relevant anymore, so whatever.
0: Yeah, just rest <laughs> in peace the Marlins then. Oh, <laughs> yeah.
2: Are you kidding me? Uh, the Orioles, dude. Imagine that. <laughs> would they even win a game <laughs> that's a good question oh man that'd be, i would love that not gonna lie this would it'd be fun but unlikely so yeah I don't
0: know. well i mean at this point i don't think anything everything's knows unlikely it. yeah
2: oh right everything's up in the air. so yeah i think that's all we got for this first part should we welcome in our guests
0: yeah let's do that so we are going to take a quick break when we come back, we will be talking to Ted. So stick around for that. All right. And we are back. We're out of the break. We're joined here by other Twins Daily writer, Ted Schwarzler. How you doing here, Ted?
1: Doing good. How are you guys? Doing great, yeah.
0: Doing good. I have to ask. I ask everyone: Did I pro- I pronounce your name correctly? Because I butchered Andrew once, and I will never <laughs> get it out of my mind.
1: Close enough. Yes, it's close enough. All right. I. You know what?
0: I'll take that. I will take that. <clears throat> I'm Alex Rodriguez,
1: and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not
2: uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't
1: want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so
2: many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal.
1: Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
0: So I have to ask, you know, we've been talking to everyone about this, and it's something you can't really ignore at this point. Uh, You know, we're all under quarantine. We're all having fun just sitting in our house. Uh, But what have you been doing during quarantine? Playing a lot of the show, I know that. But uh, anything else?
1: Uh, Yeah, a lot of uh, pretending like baseball is still here. (laughs) Um, I still am, I guess, employed and working. I work in IT staffing. So Monday through Friday, I'm still, I guess, working my normal job. It's gotten slower, I guess, with our clients slowing down a little bit. But it hasn't changed all that much. Um, I work from home a good amount before this started so that part isn't hugely new um it's a bit more weird being home with a, a six month old and my wife um more often but make it work
2: ted i have to ask you so i know we all like to play mlb the show how does it feel to be the dragon slayer among this group to be the only one in our group to defeat matt braun at mlb the oh, show?
0: no 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 we did not no we did <laughs> wait not. what L- no, that I was heard Andrew. he did. Andrew what? beat me. Yeah,
2: I don't, I don't, oh, I don't think we've played this yet. all messed up.
0: No, Ted, we played <laughs> Chris Davis at two home runs oh, off oh, you. I yeah, remember.
2: Yes, okay. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had this built up all day, ready to expose Matt on here, because I thought Ted was the one that beat him. Well, no. this is just disappointing. I got blown I'm out
1: by sure you both. It's so. <laughs> okay.
0: All right. So, for context, for people, because you just Dang. brought that out a lot. The thing is, uh, well, it's, uh, I think seven of us at Twins Daily, we all joined this custom league and MLB the show, and we're all a different MLB team. We're like playing a 18-game season against each other. And for the record, I've been giving everyone the hands, okay? <laughs> I've just been distra- I hit three home runs with Matt Olsen against Cooper in a, a six-inning game, mind you. <laughs> I hit one in the Allegheny, but, you know, that's not here or, here or there. And I was 5-0. and I'm now 5-1 because I lost one to Andrew. But uh, I did beat Ted, for the record. He has not beaten me yet
2: dang it i thought he beat you you both have gone back to back to back home run on me when you put when i played you so that's that's interesting
0: <laughs> oh that's funny I don't
1: know.
0: so uh one of the questions that's kind of being asked right now uh just because teams are re- teams and fans really are kind of coming to this reality that you know whatever season is going to be played if even at all is going to be a vastly shorter season than any of us expected uh, and so in your opinion do you think the twins are kind of built for what's going to be more of a sprint type of season, where it's going to be maybe 50, 40 games uh, instead of the full 160 that we typically see.
1: So it's weird because it's all hypothetical as to what that season looks like, right? Like they're talking, there's been talks about July 1st and almost essentially picking up from there or picking up from the all-star game slate, which I mean, I mean, It makes sense from a a logistical feasibility standpoint that I can't even imagine the headache of reshuffling an entire, you know, 30 teams worth of travel plans and schedule and whatnot. But for a team like the twins or really any team in a, a watered down division, what does that look, do they have more games left in the second half against Chicago and Cleveland or do they have more games left in the second half against Kansas city and Detroit um, how many games against the AL East do they have left in the second half? So something like that plays in. Um, I think from a total talent standpoint on their own side, I mean, uh, you know, once we get towards July, depending on how Michael Pineda's um, suspension is handled, if he's just given credit for... I don't know, time off or whatever, he may be back, but Rich Hill for sure should be back. So that's definitely a boost over, you know, Randy Dobnack or anybody else that would maybe fill that fifth starter spot. Byron Buxton starts the season for sure, then healthy. Yeah, some of that, but... Yeah, I don't I, I mean they're clearly the most talented team in the division. I think over a course of 162 you you get more of that nuance that kind of separates the the hot streak from what is real and that could burn them um you know with a team like the Indians right there or a team like the White Sox who maybe you know Luis Robert comes up and is lights out. No one has time to adjust to him. The Indians probably don't have to trade Francisco Lindor if they're only going to get him for, you know, 60 games or 50 games. So no, I, I don't like um, the twins having arguably their best um, blueprinted team in a long time um, getting a zany schedule. It just, it's unfortunate.
2: Yeah, for sure. And i would say a lot of the same things and then they've talked about playing um like double headers maybe even two double headers a week which I think would negative do you think it negatively affect guys like Cruz, Romo, Donaldson uh guys that are just up there in age Rich Hill of course and so others like that the Twins are a much older team than they straight you know just with Cruz and Romo and all them so playing more than six games a week would probably take a toll on a lot of these guys so what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, and you look back to last year, too, how, uh, like, significantly focused Rocco Baldelli was on making mm-hmm. sure that guys get rest. Like, Mitch Garver was one of the best catchers in baseball last year, and he only played just over 100 games because they had Jason Castro as a capable veteran backup, and Garver can play first, but he never did because mm-hmm. it was, hey, let's, you know, him at 100% is better than him at 75% in some of these games. And so the more games that you have, obviously the more situations you're going to be forced into where it's like, well, do we run this guy out there at 75%? How many games does uh, Williams Asadillo or Jake Cave or A. Ray Adrianza, somebody like that, play because they're giving somebody a break? Yeah, everyone in the league goes through that. um, And the Twins... 26, 27, 28 guy might be better than some of the other teams, but they're built around winning with their starting lineup.
0: One thing I will say that uh, hasn't actually been brought up, but something I kind of think about is we talk about, you know, push kind of pushing these games together and getting rid of uh, breaks just because they're going to have to, you can't have as many off days. I think that the, uh, the depth in the pitching staff or the starting pitching specifically would actually help a lot. Because that's something we've, you know, we've been talking about that the Twins have kind of had this, uh, uh, you know, gift in the back end of the rotation where we have maybe three or four guys that are all capable. Most could be starting on another major league team, or the Orioles, uh, you know, <laughs> and be better than or at least as good as some of the guys they already have. So you know, if we're talking eight straight games, nine straight games, sometimes and an expanded twenty-nine man roster, you know, maybe having Randy Dobnak and Lewis Thorpe there devin smeltzer as backups i think that's something that a lot of other teams can't say that they have and that could help the twins a lot
1: yeah i really actually like that point i hadn't thought about that you might have given me something to write about for this week
2: (laughs) (laughs) i thought the same thing Uh, yeah oh wait
1: wait (laughs) i said that's my idea
2: (laughs) i love that i was
0: gonna Uh, steal that I that. I i give you guys you know whatever go
1: ahead yeah but like as you know you you throw your eggs or you throw your support behind one guy it kind of comes across like you don't support someone else as much and like yeah Randy Dobnak would not be my fifth starter choice if you know Lewis Thorpe was mentally and physically ready to go or Rich Hill was but Randy Dobnak pitched in a postseason game last year and he was great all year long. So yeah, that's definite I mean, you have a second um game in the same day. Most years that second pitcher of a doubleheader is some throwaway or a top prospect that comes up and is making his major league debut or whatever. Um, but even outside of those fifth starter guys, One of the Twins' best emerging talents in their bullpen last year, Zach Littell, is a former starter that could be stretched out for three innings or something like that. Matt Whistler is a former starter, could be a multiple-inning guy. Um, Yeah, the Twins have a very, very good bullpen, and it's not constructed around, hey, this guy can go get three outs and just throw fire.
2: Yeah, I was actually going to – bring up the bullpen too cuz that's a good point they've constructed it constructed it a nice way that's like a lot of i don't want to say fail but just starters that didn't work out and they've moved the bullpen you got may duffy heck rogers was a starter at one point wizley mentioned and uh yeah as latell it's just almost all the guys are there former starters and they're building the bullpen in a way like that and yeah hey, over a full season it worked you, out well like this
1: you think about it in context to the other team like i wrote a piece i don't know uh few handful of months back calling them or suggesting that they could be one of the best bullpens in baseball this year mm-hmm. and the other team that's probably right there with them is the yankees okay so the twins you think about taylor rogers trevor may tyler duffy as one inning guys but then you think about like romo or clippard or um zach littell the yankees are a hundred their bullpen is a hundred percent relying on um Auralis chapman chad green um Adam Otavino, Zach Britton, all those guys are fireballers that come in and get three outs.
2: Yeah, so they actually are built differently for sure. And would would I I don't know, putting you on the spot here. Would you put the twins ahead of the Yankees for bullpen then?
1: I think the twins as a the unit is better. Okay, yeah. The Yankees have better Top talent. End. Sure. Yeah, but I mean after that even check i mean chad green i can't remember if he got dfa'd or right was just sent down last year but outside of chapman Britton, and out that is their that's their horses and then they have a bunch of guys that can mix and match tommy kane lee guys like that but yeah i would i would say the twins top to bottom are the best bullpen in baseball i mean zach littell is a to a certain extent, and for lack of better terms, he's a throwaway arm for the Twins in their bullpen, and he would be a top half or back end or setup type in a lot of bullpens around baseball.
2: Dude, he'd yeah, weirdo for the Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he would. Yeah, from just one year ago, a uh, 2019 spring and early months, it was, how is this team going to make the playoffs and do anything with this bullpen that is just a mess and it's gone from that to just. Being the best bullpen in baseball, I don't know how that's happened, really, but here we are. Here's what happens:
0: you get rid of Blake Parker and (laughs) Adalberto Mejia. That's what happens.
1: And you you construct your bullpen under the, or you construct your pitching infrastructure under the tutelage of a guy that was heralded for doing that with the Indians, and he didn't just go out. I mean, he he was handed, I believe, Garvin Alston. He didn't go out and get replacements that were like, hey, what pitching coach was fired? He went and okay, Wes Johnson is the best arm or um, pitching guru I can find in uh, college baseball, and they're paid more money there. Let's pay him. Let's pay you know, six minor league rovers or minor league pitching coaches that all think like him and will impart that same thought process throughout the entire system so that it's not a guy like Ryan Presley getting to the major leagues, being told something from – you know, a major league pitching coach and being like, okay, but you haven't implemented this anywhere else and you want me to be your test dummy. And I was, you know, on the shuttle back and forth two years ago. They've overhauled the way they think and the way that they teach. And I think that that's, that's the most, it sucks that the twins could be in a situation where there's a lost year for some of these guys, But the sustainability isn't built around the players anymore. It's built around the process and um, organizational, like, creed.
0: I'd say also something that um, I'm kind of impressed by is that their willingness to accept when a guy, you know, isn't performing up to standard, not fulfilling that kind of, uh, like, the fallacy of sunk cost, you know, when they go out and get Blake Parker. That was their free agent signing. And, you know, with free agent signings, you typically see teams kind of be more protective of that guy or just like we just got to wait out, to see if he figures it out. Whereas, you know, the twins have kind of taking this approach, like maybe he just doesn't have it. We got to admit our mistake. And that's something more teams are coming around to, but you'd never see that like 10 years ago. Like, I mean, guys, teams are just hanging out of their guys the entire season. It's like, no, we swear, you know, we're there. They never want to be proved wrong. But this front office, a number of times has kind of been like, eh, we're wrong. Next guy up, let's see what Cody Stashak has. You know, that kind of idea.
1: And I I like it in terms of going to some of the... Like, Cody Stashak isn't a name that probably most Twins fans knew going into the year last year. Sometimes that's going to bite you. I mean, it bit them with Anibal Sanchez. They stuck with... I mean, they believed in Anibal Sanchez, thought they could fix him, whatever. He had a rough spring. They stuck with... uh, I think they stuck with Mejia. And then they signed Lance Lynn... And sent him packing and he was great for the Braves, or yeah, it was a Braves first, hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I think uh, so yeah. So yeah, I mean sometimes that bites you, but just not being afraid to say, okay, it's not so much the the player or the cost or whatever, it's you know, we saw this set of results not being indicative of the talent. We feel like we can change the results, and if those results don't change all right, let's move on and try somebody else.
2: Yeah, for sure. And obviously, we've seen the pitching come to a complete overhaul. has just, just been excellent. And on the hitting side, uh, you know, we were talking about something you wrote a little bit earlier. But earlier in the offseason, I think you wrote about Max Kepler and comparing him to Christian Yelich, which I can also see. I've brought up a little of that before. And I kind of want to hear your thoughts on that because – You know, what's Kepler's kind of floor and ceiling at this point from what he did last year and from how much he can improve?
1: Yeah, so I I should have done more um, digging back into that article prior to talking about this. Um, I've been on that train thinking that they're very similar for the last few years, and it really hasn't completely clicked for Max. Um, And then last year he broke out, and now it does suck that you know, we're in a spot where who knows what this season's going to look like or how this affects guys, because I think he was in for a very, very good um, 2020. Though it did concern me a little bit that he got a slow start in spring training because of his back again. Um, but the major difference between the two of them is that Yelich has always been more of the on-base average guy than Kepler has. Uh, but Max can send the ball in the seat. I mean, he hit 36 homers last year and his thing holding him back. And it, it's almost like he, um, I guess, didn't cognitively make a decision or maybe bought into something without necessarily being completely bought in because he was always so vocal about, you know, I'm going to put the ball on the ground or I'm going to try and hit a line drive and make guys make plays and hit it in the gap and whatever. And, Yeah, if you could hit a line drive every time, you'd be amazing at baseball. But what people don't understand, especially when you, like, dog launch angle, is that a line drive is putting the ball in the air. You're using a positive launch angle to put the ball in the air. So the idea isn't that you just hit a pop-up or try to hit a home run every time. It's elevating the baseball. Major League players do not just make out on the ground because – Byron Buxton's fast and they're scared. So they like trip over their feet. That doesn't happen. So Max lifting the baseball has allowed his power and the fact that he can run his barrel through the zone and run his barrel into a good plane with the ball to do something. If, you know, he had that same um, swing path or the same swing plan the last few years, but the, the results didn't follow because he wasn't implementing the point of contact at the same. Um, he actually struck out almost the exact same amount last year as he did the year before, walked a little bit less, but upped his on base percentage and upped his average because he put the ball in the air. He put the ball where guys can't catch it. And you can't get a ground ball to the fence in the left center field gap. It doesn't work. So yeah, I mean him just embracing um, the fact that there's more to his game if he, um, I guess, buys into... It's not even analytics, but just buys into a better process is huge. And then last year, too, he he started to hit lefties significantly better, um, and that was probably always assumed because it, it wasn't in the minor leagues like he couldn't hit lefties like it was the first couple of years under Paul Molitor. Mm-hmm.
0: The, the only thing I would say where I become hesitant in like comparing him to Yelich, uh, and I do see the obvious, um, comp- I see the, uh, the, uh, the comparisons where they could be accurate. Uh, the only thing I will say is when you're talking about Marlins, Christian Yelich, there's this kind of understanding that he was bad with the Marlins or, you know, w- which was not true in the slice. He was putting up, he put up a 5.4 win season with the Marlins. He put up another 4.6 and another one with four. He was a Good player with the Marlins. He was a good player who went to an elite level with the Brewers. Whereas Kepler with the Twins was more of an average player who then went to a good level. Like, all right, so 2019 WRC Plus for Kepler, 121. You know, Yelich with the Marlins, were, look at 118, 118, 120, 134. He was already at that level. You know, and this is kind of what we're talking about where Max finally hit his peak. And that's, you know, those are two very different things things that's why i get hesitant in comparing them
1: yeah and so i would i mean and not intending to walk this back but i would not ever say comparing a guy to another guy that just won mvps as the comparison like i don't think max kepler is going to consistently be in the mvp category i don't even know that he'll ever get mvp votes for top five i think i mean he got mvp votes last year but he is better, I believe, than an 855 OPS. He's better than a 122 OPS plus. Like he's, you know, 130, 140 um, at his peak. Which that's a that's a probably a watered down Brewers um, Christian Yelich, but it's much better than. Um, you know, most of Christian Jelic in his Marlins tenure. What Christian Jelic has done the last two years, I mean, if you're going to compare guys to that, like, okay, <laughs> uh, you know, he's he's out of his mind. He's Mike Trout.
2: Yeah, so I, the way I see your article about comparing them isn't so much comparing Kepler to becoming Christian Jelic's level. It's almost like comparing the improvement they've made each year, like similar. From So I have some numbers just from your article because i had it up earlier kepler's uh ground ball rates has decreased by 11 percent since his debut year in 2016 and his launch angle has increased from 8.3 to 18.3 in a uh, since his debut year in 2016 as well so obviously and every year those have both gotten better so as you said he's putting the ball in the air more and it's improving his hard hit rates which has gone up 10 uh, percent since his debut year to 42 percent now so yeah definitely working out for him
0: And I say it's kind of wild where you're just like 11 points of ground ball like rate is enough to like turn a guy from bad to good. (laughs) Like obviously there's a lot more going in there, but man, these are like razor thin margins these guys are working with.
1: Right. Yeah. And yeah. And I, I think that that nuance gets lost. And that's why I hate when, you know, you hear on TV, some of those as far as broadcasters or, Um, radio analysts or whoever you hear people like use analytics as a buzzword or Mm -hmm. launch angle as a buzzword and they make it sound like the whole point is to just jack the ball up in the air or um you know you're only focused on baseball in a math textbook like no you're you're looking for i mean this is a sport that the elite people that play it or at least hitters succeed three out of 10 times so you're looking for something that's a minute amount of you know advantage it's not about adjusting your launch angle from you know three degrees to 15 it's about not pounding the ball into the ground 75 percent of the time or about um you know making contact a little bit more often or whatever it's all about the outliers and what you can do on the edges as opposed to like reinventing the wheel well
0: it's uh that's a good point you make and it's honestly uh something uh that we we've seen in other times it was just never called that or they were never you know like oh i'm changing my launch angle like ted williams 70 years ago, wrote about what the optimal launch angle was, and he said it was a slight uppercut. That was 70 years ago. That was an application of launch angle. It was uh, not in any way that we see it, you know, these days, but it was it was a pioneer. It was one of the early times. He understood it. And by the way, I think that Ted Williams guy was kind of good at hitting. I don't know if you've ever heard that. <laughs> so, you know, maybe he knew what he's talking about. Uh, same thing with Kirby Puckett. He was hitting ground balls for, like, the first three years of his career. St- finally started putting it in the air. Now he's a Hall of Famer. You know, it's – these are simple concepts. It's just that now we can apply numbers to them and we can uh, you know, break them down to inc- at incredible rates. Uh, but at, at the end of the day, it's it's still just advice. It's still uh, a lot of the, the notions of hitting that have been built upon for hundreds of years.
1: Yeah, and I think that that's where some of the breakdown comes into is that people that coach from a, or teach or explain from a previous line of thinking... They're saying the same things that the numbers are saying to most of the time, but they're not explaining it the same or they're not like the idea that a number could, you know, uh, um, equate to this feel or your thought process. Well, if you do something correctly or if you do something well, there's probably a reason behind why you're doing it well, whether or not you explain it through that reasoning or you just explain it because this is what I do that doesn't make the outcome any different. It's just how you go about conveying information.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, obviously it's working out for all these players and Max Kepler, hopefully you can keep going and reach that next level. So yeah, um, Ted, I think that's all we got for you today. Matt, you got anything else?
0: I, I just have to add one thing. Um, sure. And this is, because this is related to what we're talking about. I, I, I think you've been reading it. Uh, but I've been reading, I, I need to read more about, actually, I think I left it at my home up in college, so I can't read it for a while, but I've been reading the book with Ben Lindbergh and Travis Sachik. Uh, it was, oh my God, what was it called? Oh, pfft, I don't know why I just pointed Uh,
1: is it the one with the minor leagues?
0: It was one, it was focused on the Ash, this was before the Ash Sheeting thing, basically, where it's like the entire, you know, rethinking of modern analytics
1: uh yes i read that too I um the new way to win it all yes the... yeah all right yep. yeah was
2: i that... think that's it
1: Was that? It? I, think I, don't know.
2: I think that's I... it yeah
1: all right well it doesn't matter <laughs> by the way <laughs> their, uh, their second book is absolutely amazing as well uh the mvp machine oh that w- that was it yeah that was the oh, one okay book. okay
0: okay thank you for that but uh there's a great quote in there I'm mean, gonna have to mark this explicit, but it was, but it's perfect for this. Uh, J- JD Martinez was talking about it because all of our, all his life he always heard like, oh, the best hit is like, a, is like a hit, perfect hit up the middle. He's like, oh, that's perfect. He's like, why is the best hit a fucking single? Like, and it's a, it's a good point. It's like, that does nothing. Uh, congrats, you're on first base. You know what's even better? Hitting a dinger. So, and you know, also that JD Martinez guy. I think he's a pretty good hitter. I, I I'm not sure. You might have to double check that one. So it works.
1: The biggest uh, death knell to, I guess, whatever they're called, dad coaches or whatever you <laughs> want to call them, mm-hmm. um, is I, I think it wasn't that long ago, but when people stopped saying that when you're hitting in a batting cage, you're supposed to hit it to the back of the net. No, like the back of the net is going to be potentially a liner or potentially hit to the center fielder. The ball goes out of the stadium or to the gap when you hit the ceiling you know three quarters of the way back
0: Mm -hmm. and that that's what the fans like fans don't cheer for singles we like watching Miguel Sano hit one 430 I don't know maybe that's just me
1: you can't score from first base
0: you cannot (laughs) score as much as you'd like to try
1: Williams
2: will argue with that have you not seen that triple or that double from Max Kepler I mean he runs fast
0: okay but see that was (laughs) because someone put one in the gap someone else elevated
2: something you see you see how this works? Oh, yeah. Weird how that works, isn't it? And Mac, oh, wow. Max Kepler was the batter, too. Comes first, full circle here.
0: And it was against the Yankees, and Aaron Hicks dove, and he couldn't catch it, you bastard. <laughs> right. I remember that. Anyways, uh, I think that's it. Unless you got any other lasting ideas, to, uh, Ted? I'm good here. All right, sounds good. It was good talking with you. Same to you guys. All right, and we are back. I'm done talking to Ted. Had a nice conversation with him. Talked about hitting. Talked about pitching, even though none of us do either of those. But it was fun.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was good.
0: Gonna, all right. We're going to end here. We've got some questions. Uh, but we're going to change things up. I've been asking the questions every other episode, but this time Cooper's going to ask them to me for no reason other than we decided to do it like 10 minutes before recording. So –
2: and Matt didn't want to write them down on his own. All right. Wow, just call Anyways, me out. Like all right, worked, yeah, I love it. Hey, you would have done the same to me, and you know it much worse, yeah, too. I, you're right. He's right. All right. So, yeah, it was good with Ted. We were probably overdue to have a talk with him, but it was it was fun. Definitely. So, yeah, questions. Um, first one is from Eric on Twitter. He likes asking questions. He's way too into it, but it's all good because we like questions. So um, And usually they're not this good. Pick one pending free agent on the Twins that you would like to re-sign. And I'll, I'll go first. Um, taking into consideration price and uh, just ability and all that, I'm not bringing back Jake Odorizzi. I'm bringing back Nelson Cruz on a one-year deal, and you'll probably disagree with me, won't you?
0: Oh my, we, Well, we already had this conversation. Right, man. yeah. Oh,
2: man, Nelson.
0: <laughs> I, well, I'm going to go to these. I'm taking back Jake. Just you know, You're taking start- back
2: Jake on, what, a four-year, $100 million deal?
0: The starting pitchers are valuable man. It's hard to find good ones out there. If you can even though he's you know five and fly, he can't go three times through the rotation and we know that. Uh, I'd rather have a guaranteed five to six innings. that means a lot in today's game.
2: I'll, okay, I will ask you this because this could change my mind. Do you think Jake's market will be water, a lot like watered down if he just simply doesn't pitch this year? or do you think it'll stay the same as it would have after if there was a full season and he pitched well?
0: Uh, I think it would stay the same because he's still relatively young. Uh, he's not like like a James Paxton who's a, on the wrong end of thirty. Right. And although I think Jake just turned thirty the other day, I might be wrong. But uh,
2: no, but Paxton, oh, Paxton's yeah,
0: older, right. and he's never stayed healthy for a long amount of time. And he's kind of I say Paxton because I know Paxton's gonna be a free agent. We talked about this <laughs> before. Paxton, Bauer, and some other guys I can't think of.
2: Yeah. Robbie a, Ray.
0: Uh, Robbie Ray. Thank you. Uh, but and Jake in comparison looks pretty good. So you know if I'm a team. I'm like, you know, this Jake guy, he's a bit on the younger side, doesn't quite uh, – doesn't have the injury baggage of, say, James Paxton, doesn't have the Trevor Bauerness of Trevor Bauer. So you're kind of like, <laughs> so you're kind of like yeah, you know, same thing with Robbie Ray with the injury issues. You're like right. – he's, he's probably the most guaranteed guy out of all of them actually, which is a weird thing to say.
2: Yeah, and that's probably why I'm not – he's going to get the – I think he might – he has potential to get the biggest starting pitcher free agent deal. North of a hundred million. So
1: yep. and do I you want it. to
2: spend that? Do you want to spend it on J code Rizzi? Is, is that what you're doing? For years. It ain't my money. Let's go spend it. Well, of course it's not, but that, just, you, then he's not, they're not spending it on other guys, of course, because you're paying J code Rizzi 20 uh, plus. Oh no, we can't year. buy two crappy middle relievers. Whatever am I going to do? They don't get Josh Donaldson if they're paying J code Rizzi 20 plus million a year they're already paying Josh Donaldson. they well, already got okay. him. Okay, hypothetically, they wouldn't get a player like Josh Donaldson if they're paying Jake Odorizzi north of 20 mil.
0: Uh, Jake Odorizzi was as valuable as Josh Donaldson last year by some F4 cam- well, not F4, but some more calculations, so you know.
2: Yeah, but, that- but how many how many years has he done that? <laughs> and can you count on it to happen for four, four more for 20 million dollars a year till his age 34 to 35 season? Sure. I, I I'm taking Cruz back for one year eight, Bill. <laughs> You're going to take geriatric Cruz walking up
0: with a with a cane and a walker to the okay, home plate. Is You're a gonna cane that a walker a and his OPS over 1,000?
2: Yes, I am.
0: Don't be pulling out OPS on me, young man. I'm going yeah. to slap you. I can't believe it. The thing that.
2: about Cruz is you can't even – although he, you could use any defensive metric. But you can't use any hitting metric to say he's bad. So I'm, take that.
0: I mean, I get. I know. I'm not arguing that Nelson Cruz is well, a bad course, hitter. Yeah, I'm arguing yeah, the yeah. fact that he's ancient and that you and know he hasn't hitters slow down. But they always slow down eventually. No hitter has hit forever and then died. Like that just doesn't happen.
2: Right, Cruz is going to die at 145 years old, but he's going to hit well until 55 years old. It's
0: simple math here. You're just trolling <laughs> me. I move on. To All next right,
2: course. I Hold would on. still honestly, I would take Cruz. Over. I, I
0: know you would, even though you're wrong. But let's
2: move on. Right? Whatever. All right, moving on. All right. Um, gotta find it again. Yes. Uh, same guy, Eric on Twitter. Uh, which pitching prospect will impact the Twins the most? I feel like this one we will agree on. I'm going Johan Duran. Maybe you'll go Balazovic, but I'm taking Duran.
0: Uh, yeah. I'm gonna take Duran just because of the fact that he had more time at Double A uh balzavik only started one game and that was a playoff game. actually he didn't even start it. i think he came in a relief no he started i'm wrong i remember that he started uh, i was thinking of dakota chalmers who also came in at relief okay uh, it shows you what how much i follow the minor leagues when i know that off the top of my head but you know whatever uh but yeah duran he spent a lot of time at double a uh him and balzavik Not that they got rid of graderall like the one and two uh right. pitching prospects so duran more upside probably the most upside in the entire system so yeah
2: i agree and with Duran, another point, you could, he probably is. He's more likely to stick in the bullpen than uh, Balazovic at this point in his career. So I don't I think he's done it. So it'd be easier to slide him in there if you need him late in the season. Luis Arise type guy just for pitching. Yeah. Uh, and and Duran's already on the 40 man. So, you know. Oh, right. Yeah, that definitely helps for sure. Um, This one is for from tom what is your favorite non-sports podcast i'm gonna let you go first on this one
0: <laughs> of course because sure, you don't know your answer that's why <laughs>
2: yeah
0: down. so the thing is i actually don't listen to a whole lot of podcasts which is kind of weird to say as someone you know who has one uh but as for as far as non-sports podcasts that go out there i like the uh, uh wtf with mark maron i think he goes good interviews i'd I almost wanted to say hot ones, but that's not a podcast. But that's another good interview type. Obviously, everyone knows who they are. Uh, I'll also say I really like a lot of the stuff NPR does. I forget the exact names of all of them, but they're all, like, so well edited and so engaged that even if it's, like, a topic at first I was not interested in, like, 30 seconds in, I'm like, oh, okay, this is interesting. So uh, those are my answers, I guess. Uh,
2: my I simply just don't listen to podcasts that aren't sports if I can't even answer this cause I would just be lying. I, if I'm okay. listening to a podcast, it's about sports straight up.
0: So You made me go first and you, you're just going to say, sit here and say, you didn't <laughs> even have an answer. I ever. was
2: thinking, trying to come up with, have I ever listened? Like what's one that I've even listened to, but I just don't think I have like my personality trait is out sports. So <laughs>
0: per- Personality traits. Well, I like, the I, I, I know you follow him. I don't know if you saw it, but it was the, uh, will be random stats. Uh, Jeremy, uh, Yeah. we, we, he posted, like, a Purdue uh, oh. <laughs> thing where it's, like, intelligent conversation and then, like, talks about sports. And, like, those are the two ends of the spectrum. It's right. like,
2: wow, okay, I see. Yeah, it's his Twitter banner now. Just, like, do you prefer intellectual conversation or do you prefer to talk about sports? It's like, come on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's Oh, that's hilarious. I love that. That's funny.
2: It is funny, yeah. Uh, yeah, but moving on, you had an answer there. I did not because I simply would be lying if I said one. Moving on, uh, Josiah Waldner, who's a pretty big fan of the podcast here. I like it. Um, what's your favorite video game? Are we going to have the same answer here? I would say MLB The Show. I mean, it's the only one I'm playing right now, really, just because miss baseball. But, yeah.
0: yeah. What, you're going with The Show?
2: Yeah, because I'm lame. What are you going with?
0: Didn't you literally text me? Honestly, I don't even like this game.
2: Oh, that was um, completely, like, me trying to pretend me losing was because I don't like the game. That was just okay. being funny.
0: It was like after Matt Olsen's third home run or something. but like, right.
2: Ironically, know. not liking the game. I do love the but game.
0: Believe it or not, it will be the show is actually not my answer as what? far as my favorite game. Yeah, I know. Right. It's, it's weird. So I have two games that I would say are like at the very top of like my favorite gaming experiences. And I'm going to mention both of them just because there's like opposite ends of the spectrum. So the first one is Super Mario Sunshine the gamecube i played so much of it as a kid i even play it nowadays it's just such a well-made game uh, i love mario i never really gotten to mario 64 uh it, people always say that's the better one i don't know I, I do love mario galaxy though also so i will give that a shout out but uh some mario sunshine because i was like my childhood so of course i have like attachment to that uh, mm-hmm. and then the other answer i'm going to give a bit more recent is uh bioshock love love, mm-hmm. love me some bioshock uh the first one just absolutely phenomenal, incredible uh, scenes, just awesome stuff. Just, I, I haven't played a game ever like that. You're just so like, it's it's frightening almost. Huh. Just like you're just by yourself and there's all a bunch of tweakers out here, and it's like you got guns and you're taking drugs and it's just awesome. I
2: love it. Sounds like me on a Tuesday afternoon, but uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, big fellow, I believe
2: you. <laughs> yeah, no, I. Pretty standard answer for me, but I, as a kid, I can't even like remember what I played. A bunch of Mario Kart because just mainstream games like that. But yeah, the
0: Double Dash. I
2: have to know. What? What? The
0: Mario Kart Double Dash.
2: I don't think so. I am. Oh my god. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Mario Kart Double Dash, the one for the GameCube? No, I didn't. I never played GameCube. I had a DS my whole life. Really? You had okay.
0: Oh wait. So if you had a DS, but you've never played Pokemon, also?
2: Correct. Never in my life. What the hell? I. I don't know. I'm very odd when it comes to video games. It's strange. I I, it's, I I don't know. I,
0: those are like synonymous with
2: each other. Ooh, How is that even possible? No, my favorite game. I can't leave it, Halo Reach. No doubt. If, okay. Like, thank you. Th- yeah. Okay. Oh, that was so much fun. I played that for like four years of my life straight. Just nothing else. That's that's a, that's a good <laughs> good choice um also as i said it i do have to give
0: a shout out to pokemon i played a lot of that both third gen and fourth gen i'd nerd out about it but you don't understand anything so <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna save it trouble.
2: yeah i like it and uh, this is probably one of my favorite uh, questions from tj who runs the sp nation Town site that i write at and that this podcast is advertised on oh who really the, yeah <laughs> who has the craziest quarantine workouts on the twins this is we make this up and what do they entail you know So I went with, because I went with the guy that I think this would suit the most, because I saw a video of some guy who was just chopping logs and made his own little gym out of logs. He was bench pressing them, curling them, tricep pull down, you name it, squat, shoulder things. And I went with Mitch Garver. He's chopping up logs in the woods right now, and he's like hand making a bench press and everything else. He's just just going at it, carrying it across the woods and everything, and just doing what it takes to stay in shape, because Mitch Garver.
0: That's my answer. (laughs) It's a shame they no longer have Brian Dozier because he 100% right, I know. would have been the answer
2: to this. <laughs> like, I also would have said Taylor Rodgers, I think, but I mentioned him in, like, every answer like this, so I had to go with someone else.
0: Well, Rodgers, I thought he actually said, like, he just plays catch with Griffin Jacks because they're both in Colorado. Oh,
2: yes. Maybe he climbs like, the mountains.
0: <laughs> maybe. Well, see, I, I you couldn't say any pitcher because they're all weird, and they all just, like, work so, out yeah, their true. arms. So it's like, it's you know, they do lame stuff. I— I kind of go along the lines of, I'm definitely thinking like Miguel Sano's out there pushing like tractors and whatnot somewhere. Like just doing that old school type of like, there's a big thing. I have to go like pull it or something. And like, that's just how it stays in shape.
2: I see large thing. I have to push it. That's just yeah. how it works. It's like it goes, yeah, I like it.
0: Goes from point A to point B. And that's my workout.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So that's all the questions we got. Um, you got anything else to add there? Or are you good?
0: Uh, I'd also say that I think Byron Buxton probably has the most insane as far as like a meticulously planned out workout. Just because I, I think I remember reading about some of the stuff he did over the uh, over the break, like back home in Georgia. Like some of the drills he do for outfield, where like a ball would be hit and he'd be like lying down or something, and it would help him like focus on stuff. I'm like, that's just insane. Like the level of coordination, athleticism to be like you're you're down, you get up. And then you run for a ball in the gap. That's just insane to me.
2: Speaking of Buxton, I don't know if you have an Instagram or anything, but he posts on his Instagram for the last five days of him wearing a uh, Twins-themed T-shirt while working out. Five days ago, Wonderboy, Max Kepler. Uh, A few days ago, Super Rosario T-shirt, La Tortuga, Palooza, Live Bombas and Sauce. And then today was the Cruise Missile, Cruising into the Weekend. So yeah every day he's just repping the team
0: <laughs> you just say live bombas and sauce when it's supposed to be live bombas and sauce
2: okay I was just reading the shirts I didn't know what sh- whatever
0: gosh <laughs> it's music dude you don't
2: live music you- oh. it's live music well, oh yeah that makes so much worse <laughs> I was like this doesn't make sense yeah now it does <laughs> live, oh live bombas okay yeah
0: <laughs> oh that's that's hilarious. that was the only way this could have ended to be honest <laughs> Oh, that's great. So, I I think we're done. We got self promotions. I wrote uh, this last week. I wrote about Taylor Rogers and the value of the first pitch, just because he had like an astonishing low swinging strike rate, a lot lower than you probably think. So I researched into that and I'm like, oh, that's right. He just throws a bunch of strikes and no one swings at them, and it's incredible. So that's what I wrote about. Go read that. What did you write?
2: Yeah, for Twinkie Town, this the site this will be going up on. I did a quiz on the Twins' ten most recent um opening day starters not recent but 2018 to 2009 so the 10 from 09 to 18 and that was great fun because you got vans Worley in there you got uh just names like scott baker you got a uh, well see they're just man they're just bad names like phil hughes <laughs> i love him on twitter but man it's not a good I, opening day starter <laughs> i
0: was gonna say you gotta stop naming names name, so i actually kind of want to go take that quiz i'm interested oh. in that
2: I wasn't naming exactly who won, I'm just saying names that showed up, so you're good then.
0: Oh, okay. All right.
2: That'll be good. And for Twink Twins Daily, I'm still on my uh season simulation, and I just simulated game one sixty three, which you've obviously read, so I'll just spoil it here. The twins <laughs> the twins lost to the Indians and will play be playing in the wildcard game. Would you care to guess who they will be playing in the wild card game? Do not tell me they're playing the Yankees. They're playing the Yankees, so that, this'll be great Jesus. fun. They will lose and I will be done with that series, I'm sure. I don't know yet, because I haven't simulated the game, but we'll see.
0: Even in a simulator, they end up with the Yankees, of course.
2: It's writ- they, written in stone. Both Twins and Indians were at 102 and 60 for a record, the two best records in MLB, and one of them is in the Wildcard game. you love to see it.
0: I, I And I bet the rest of the division is just like a barren wasteland. Oh,
2: God, yeah. The White Sox did not <laughs> end up well. The Tigers maybe won 14 games. I'm not quite sure. And. <laughs> Yeah, it's great fun. though the I Royals
0: just it. folded halfway through.
2: <laughs> the Royals didn't finish.
0: Yeah, they were just like, "There's no point. We're right. done." They're yeah. Like it's August. They're like, yeah, we know.
2: The players <laughs> separated, went to whatever team they wanted, and everything just it, it was whatever.
0: They all just went to go party in Cabo or something like that. I, mean, <laughs> I
2: don't even know. Oh uh, yeah, but uh, that's, that's cool. all I've got.
0: Yeah, I believe this takes us to the end. uh It's good talking. Good having Ted on. Uh, I'm impressed that we're still able to fill, like, an hour despite literally right. nothing happening. what are we
2: happening. doing? It's really nice. odd. Kind of concerned for us. I, I, it's quite impressive, actually, in some ways. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Uh, but anyways,
0: yeah. it's a good time. Uh it's a good time talking, as I said, and hope to be back next week. So, see ya.
2: Yep, have a good one.